bad writing usually arises from a stubborn refusal to tell stories about what people actually do. To face the fact, let us say, that murderers sometimes help old ladies cross the street. Stephen King. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Lee Hole. And I'm Lee Esses. Our episode today is the genre of horror, which can span from kids' books, which is a light, fun horror usually, to H.P. Lovecraft, evil gods kind of horror. It's interesting to me how much horror is children's novels. You've got a lot of your goosebumps, the haunted house down the street, even the fairy tales tend to be very morbid. Subgenres for horror include, like we've said, children's horror, you have monster horror, sci-fi horror, so like Frankenstein. And then you also have the epic horrors. I think a lot of the Stephen King ends up in this epic. Lovecraft definitely does, where it's something so big, so terrifying, so unknown that you don't even know how to begin to try to conquer it. And you can have like slash fic horror or more contemporary horror. So similar-ish to, say, The Shining. One of my favorites, this is a little outside genre, but I'm going to mention it anyway, is the psychological thrillers. The ones where the character is being gaslighted or whatever it is. Those stories where you're afraid of yourself are a very interesting way to try to tell a story. Some of the most famous authors in horror include, of course, the king of horror, Stephen King. We all kind of give him the crown on that one. You also have more classic monster-esque horror of H.P. Lovecraft and Mary Shelley, one of the first sci-fi horror authors. There's also Bram Stoker, Dracula. And then Neil Gaiman is very well known for his children's horror. Especially, I think, the story of Coraline. When it comes to writing horror, the settings tend to be very tropey. You have a lot of abandoned places, abandoned warehouses, hospitals, houses, that Mm -hmm. creepy house on the hill. Amusement parks. Abandoned amusement parks. One of the creepiest horror settings is space, where no one can hear you scream because sound doesn't exist. Yeah, a lot of these places are places of utter isolation. All of these places where help can't even find you, much less get to you to help you. You're on your own against a guy who has a meat hook for a hand. Probably one of the most common settings for horror is a haunted house. And part of that is the idea that the house itself contains memories of the past and not always good ones. I like the idea of places having memory of somebody was murdered here. And it's sometimes it's an anthropomorphizing of a building or of an object, a doll or something. Sometimes it's the ghost itself that's come back. That's less interesting to me because that's a person instead of a thing becoming sentient with a dark will of its own. Your writing style in horror is going to be similar to action. You're going to have a little bit more focus on what is happening than a lot of other genres. However, unlike action, you're going to have more description. 
it's going to be a little bit more wordy so that you can have a slow burn of that suspense and horror. You're also going to have a fair amount of self-interruptions. You get those partial sentences where he's thinking one thing and his thought process is going this way and then it's interrupted by something else. What could it be? It's the text equivalent of a jump scare. So you get those little moments throughout your story and your reader can still go, wait, I wanted you to finish that thought. But there's this sense of being left hanging constantly that builds dread in the story. Punctuation is very important in horror because the placement of your periods, your ellipses, and your em dashes are going to direct the pace of the reading. And if you're stopping them and jarring them in middle of those critical scenes, you can build suspense. These stories tend to be short. They tend to not resolve in a lot of ways. The house is still haunted. The characters may have escaped. The characters may have died within the house, but the house still persists. I would say short stories are more common in the horror genre than a full book because it is easier to write and leave that mystery there in a short story than a full book. That being said, you will have a lot of your horror novels be somewhere between 40 and 80. That's verging on novella, but especially if you have a short story collection, that's okay. But your horror stories, unless you're integrating it with another genre, are going to be on the shorter side because you want to leave questions unanswered. You want to leave your reader thinking about the hair down the drain and if it's attached to a skull or not. So that when they are cleaning out the drain in the shower, they have that handful of their own hair. There's just that small question in the back of their mind because that was never resolved in your story. So one of my favorite examples of the unanswered question is H.P. Lovecraft's The Outsider, where at the beginning of the story, you think that it's this person who has been locked away without any personal connection or interaction with the outside world in a very long time. And he finally escapes and he starts looking for that. And he looks and he sees this horrible thing down the hall and finally realizes it's a mirror and he runs away. You're left to assume that he escaped from a crypt and he had actually been dead and he's still dead, but, you know, undead. (laughs) But it is still left in solid mystery. And that allows his readers to look outside the window and kind of wonder if that's the zombie monster thing that's coming at them. It's still out there somewhere. When it comes to titling horror, a lot of the times you're going to have the monster's name. Frankenstein. Yes, I hold to that. I know Frankenstein wasn't the quote-unquote monster, but the Dr. Frankenstein is the monster of the story. I will hold to that. (laughs) You also have your Dracula and a lot of Stephen King stuff. It. Cujo. The other main titling convention for horror is the unanswered questions. It's going to be mysterious. It's going to be dark. Sometimes it'll include a place. At the Mountains of Madness. So you have a very descriptive idea of what the story is going to be. It's going to be in the mountains and people are going to go crazy. But it is still, how are they going to go crazy? What's going to happen? Full of that mystery. 
And you're going to have a lot of those words, those dark kind of words, signs and madness. These words that make you uncomfortable, but you're not quite sure why. Like the titles, the covers are also going to be dark. A lot of blacks and reds with a hint of white. Therefore, you're going to end up with a lot of weapons, a lot of gore, and oftentimes I see a fair amount of clip art, something that's like a silhouette. You aren't seeing the whole picture. You're just seeing enough to get a flavor. Your fonts are going to be your display fonts. So dripping blood, something that looks like a tear, stylized fonts. Tropes with horror are very character-based. You have a lot of tropes surrounding the innocent being evil. Or at least recognizing evil that the normal people can't. I think one of the creepiest threads online is parents telling what their kids have told them. I've heard, I've read some of those stories and it just creeps me out. In especially like Stephen King-esque books, the children are evil in some way. They're possessed or they're ghosts that were murdered horrifically and now they're bad. I hate it so much. Children of the corn. Yes. <laughs> of course, you also have your aliens and your monsters that are just so great. I love monster flakes. <laughs> and especially the man-made monsters are the interesting ones. Another trope that is fun in horror is the fun-loving psycho killer. Do you want to play a game? N- no. Mm-mm. 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 <laughs> we all float down here. Oh, clowns, don't even come at me with that clown. I will be liable to shoot. Like, I I will shoot. (laughs) I'm likely to shoot if a clown comes at me, man. (laughs) One of my favorite horror tropes is the game. The, okay, we're hunting humans now. Or, you guys are rats in a maze, try to get out. Or, will you saw off your own arm in order to escape and survive? I think the last trope that we're going to hit on is the lurking villain. This is more common in film and TV shows because you can show that villain lurking in the background that the main character doesn't notice. This is difficult to write in print, but there are ways to do it. Subtle hints at the villain's existence that the main character can mention but not quite pick up on, but the reader will. Like romance, horror is a reflection of something we've all experienced. We've all had that dread, that fear, that staring at the coat rack in the middle of the night, hoping that it's not somebody who's going to come out and attack you. It is an exploration of dark, of the potential for evil, and an exploration of how people will react when faced with the worst. And who people are at their true core. So as you're writing, I encourage you to dig down deep into yourself. What scares you? Do nuns scare you? Write that. Do demons scare you? Write that. Because if it scares you, it's going to scare your audience as well. And that, more than anything, means write selfishly. 
If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing. 